0: Hello, everybody. This is Quasar Quinology number 12, reviewing Contest of Champions. I am your co-host, Mike L.
1: And I am your co-host, Joshua Murr.
0: All right. And um, just for the record, I w- we were just talking about this, but I am extremely tired because uh, I didn't get a good night's sleep. I'm on like four or five coffees right now. I've had three naps, but, and I'm going to do my best, but you know, just bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, so this is the podcast where we talk about my favorite superhero, Quasar, which is Wendell Elvis Vaughn, all right? The uh, Marvel superhero who has quantum bands on his wrists that can basically do anything. He's kind of like Marvel's Green Lantern. Um, in this particular story, he only appears, I believe, in two or three panels, plus maybe right. in group shots. So, there isn't really much to say about Quasar in this story.
1: Yeah, I think he maybe says one thing the, the entire three issues.
0: Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, um, so, yeah. So, yeah, if you want, you know, um, you can, can you briefly discuss what this story is about?
1: Sure. Um, so, we start off with the Grandmaster, who is this, like, eternal elder of the universe. Uh, and he's talking to this cloaked figure, and they are going to play this game with each other, uh, where they take a bunch of Earth's heroes. And they abduct them, and they make them compete in these uh, challenges uh, as pawns to um, to win the, these like golden prizes that come together and uh, become this life orb, which the right. grandmaster wants to win to resurrect his brother, uh, the collector. So, so the premise is is yeah they're 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 betting on which heroes are going to win and. Uh, They choose their different teams of different Earth's heroes and uh, trying to win back – the Grandmaster is trying to win back his brother from the dead.
0: So, I mean, on one hand, it's cool because it ties into ongoing Mm -hmm. Marvel continuity. But on the other hand, the premise is a little bit ridiculous, um, I'll say. Kind of just an excuse to get everybody to fight, right?
1: Yeah, it really does kind of seem seem like that. And – It also seems like it was like an excuse to to have like the really cool cover and a really cool like a couple of shots with like a group shot of absolutely every single character they own all together. But the story really doesn't have as many of the characters you think they'd have throughout the story. They have maybe a handful of the main heroes, and they bring in a bunch of either side characters or. Brand new characters that nobody's ever heard of. Um That yes. they just invented for the story.
0: And there is an explanation so, for that. Would you like to talk about mm-hmm. how this project sort of came about?
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, this was originally supposed to be a, uh, a comic that tied in with the 1980 Olympics, which the U.S. pulled out of.
0: Right.
1: Um, so they kind of were left in limbo with this project. When most of the art was done. So they kind of used what they had to create their own story. And it was delayed two years, and this wasn't released till uh, the summer of 1982.
0: Right. And so, and they all, and so. That explains, I think that explains at least, why they have mm-hmm. these uh, multi, I guess you could say multicultural uh, superheroes in here, which we'll get For to sure. later. But but um, it's so, yeah, so this was Marvel's first miniseries. DC uh, technically invented the mini- miniseries with the, the series, um, The World of Krypton. This was Marvel's first miniseries. Um, it was also the first big uh, like story that had everybody in it. Um, you know, Crisis mm-hmm. and Infinite Earths came later. Secret Wars came later. This was really the first one. And, you know, for that, I can forgive. There's, there's definitely some um, dated, not dated, but I guess some in, some aspects of it that are really sort of primitive, I guess you could say, So, which we can talk about. Yeah, I, but-
1: <laughs> I think that there are definitely, I think your your choice of words of dated sometimes does fit. Yeah. like it does seem like it's weird too because this this story takes place after a lot of the stories we've been reading in the the quasar right. chronology yep. but it seems like it's been mu- it, it was much older.
0: That's a good point. Um me. Yeah. Now, now, are you familiar with the – so, okay, the, the plot was written by Mark Grenwald, who we all know from our other Quasar chronology um, episodes, right, who's one of the mm-hmm. co-writers on Marvel 2 and one um, It was also right. plotted by Stephen Grant, who did Marvel team up for a while and who's probably most famous to Marvel fans for writing the, uh, the original Punisher miniseries.
1: Right. And he's okay. actually
0: still around. He's a really good writer. He's still around. Um, I think I've got him on my Facebook friend list. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> yeah. But um, it was scripted by Bill Mantlow, who I am most familiar with from him writing Micronauts and also ROM Space Night. Oh, yeah. okay. Cool. Yep. Yeah. So. I I never really thought of him as a great writer. Um, He also had a run on Spectacular Spider-Man. Never thought of him as a great writer. But he kind of has like a a cult following nowadays. Like in this, you know, internet age where, you know, people can talk about... You you can find people that like anything that you like, right? Right. And so because of that, I think his reputation has kind of gotten better over the years. And so um, I can understand the affection people have for him. But you're you're right. His writing is a little bit more old-fashioned, I guess you could say. Than the writing that we've been used to in the
1: last couple episodes right yeah for sure for sure i and completely agree with that yeah
0: yeah now as far as the art let's just talk about the art briefly this is again mm-hmm. john Romita jr who i think has done i think he's done one of the stories we did if not he has a famous right. run around this era doing iron man and he he became much more famous later on he, he's drawn spider-man um, right. X Men, Daredevil, all these really uh, famous runs. Some people don't like him. Some people love him. This in this early stage of his career, his art is almost unrecognizable.
1: Um, I, I was gonna say that he, it, it, like if if I wouldn't have known that he was the one penciling, I wouldn't have guessed that it was him. 'Cause it, his work right. kind of blends in with with everybody else's. I found that I find that like later on he kind of has his own flavor and his own style. Right. And it's definitely more recognizable in his later works. Um, the I, I must point out the inks by
0: Pablo Marcos are excellent. I'm not overly familiar with them, but I think the inks are really good. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like nice yeah, and shadowy and inky. I love that. Nice feathering. Mm-hmm. Really well done. Um Yeah, if I were to look at one of these pages, there's no almost no way that I would guess it's um, John Romita Jr. other than a couple of stock Romita poses that he uses. But yeah, otherwise, it's almost... I don't don't want to say this in a bad way, but it's sort of generic Marvel art. However, Mm -hmm. it is very clear storytelling. It's not spectacular, but it's very clear.
1: I I wonder, too, how much of that was um, at the time maybe they were trying to stick to one style and trying to kind of have one tone for all of their comics
0: that is you know what i think that's absolutely it um because i'm um, at this time mm-hmm. the editor-in-chief was jim shooter and i know that you know for things like secret wars he would make the artist redraw pages if he didn't like them and right. so i mean i probably wouldn't have liked to have worked under him but for the people reading the comics they are they were very easy to follow easy to understand and i think that's mm-hmm. why a lot of people consider this his run on Marvel as one of the peak periods. Right. So, um, so let's talk about this first issue here. What's your general impression sure. of this issue? I
1: mean, um, they- it, the first issue is pretty fun. Um, there's a couple of things that kind of stand out to me. I mean, about half of the issue I'd say is just getting a visual of all of the heroes kind of disappearing and ending up on this um, like floating uh, spaceship that's orbiting right, right. Earth, so it, it's fun. Like it's, it's kind of goofy. the The first uh, splash page is really cool with all of the heroes' faces kind of uh, floating yes. as as Grandmaster and what will eventually uh, be revealed as uh, Lady Death talking. Mm-hmm. Like that. That's that's kind of some you know some really fun art and uh, uh, good paneling mm-hmm. in, in some of these uh, some of these pages. You know. Seeing seeing the heroes kind of in their everyday life and then bamfing away is, is yeah. kind of a fun fun thing. Like, you know, you you see um, you see X Men in the in the Danger Room mm-hmm. uh, fighting, and you see Spider Man, you know, crawling through New York, and uh, Dazzler singing, like doing a show. So it, it's it's kind of fun. I think at the beginning,
0: it's it's a great way to. Um, sort of do like a little tour of the Marvel Universe, right? I mean, right. I yeah. love it. You know, Crisis did this, Secret Wars did this, uh, Infinity Gauntlet did this, and it's kind of mm-hmm. a great way to see the status quo of Marvel right. at that time, right? So then we get to the actual story, so then mm-hmm. what do you think of that? Like the premise, I mean we kind of talked about the, how forced it is, but
1: Yeah, the premise is I think fine. Like it's 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 a... Uh, a fine idea for you know as their first marvel you know huge crossover sure um but i think the payoff in the end was you know not as strong okay at, at the beginning they show every character kind of in their you know in their uh you yeah sorry
0: no, no, in their, in their, uh, what's it called? Yeah, I know what you're looking for, the word. It's um, um
1: hello. Oh my goodness! In, in like, in like their, their, the their place that they they belong, like in their element, is kind <laughs> yeah. of, in their, the their element. That's what I'm trying to the say. In their oh element,
0: there you go. Goodness, in their, okay. yeah, in their <laughs> element, element, just kind of
1: doing their own thing, and <laughs> they almost promise you like this huge event that's gonna happen with all of the characters mm-hmm. all playing a part. And then in the end you really only see a couple. And I think that's why the beginning for me is a little bit stronger than the end. I think that the setup was stronger than the payoff.
0: Okay, good point. I agree. Yep.
1: Yeah. Now so, Okay, go ahead. I didn't I didn't hate it. I really I remember really liking this as a kid. I remember reading this like a long, mm. long time ago, and I was very excited to revisit it. And then revisiting it I was a little disappointed. And I don't know if that's just because I as a kid i held it to such like high standards and i absolutely loved it so right. rereading it was kind of like oh it wasn't as great you know right I mean, as, as, as i remembered it reading it as a kid but yeah i was a i think i was a little disappointed reading it this time
0: understandable um yeah. i just want to make two notes um mm-hmm. if you are looking for quasar in the story he appears on oh, right. the original page, page 9 and digital 11 of the bottom second panel um he has one line mr hart thanks for letting us conduct these energy tests dot 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 okay that's all he gets all right fine that's fine but what i I do want to talk about is the let's talk about the heroes that were introduced in the story now i for one and i'm a hundred percent for um, diversity. I don't think there's such a thing as forced diversity, there's just diversity. Um, right. You know, they introduced new characters and representing different countries. So really quick, let's just go down the line here. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I am technically French-Canadian, I should know how to pronounce this, but uh, Peregrine, is that how you pronounce it?
1: Le Peregrine, Peregrine. I, I believe. Yeah,
0: okay, Peregrine. there you go.
1: Yeah, I think it's Peregrine.
0: Okay, yeah, you're probably right. Um, let me see, I, I'm actually gonna look it up as we're talking. What's your thoughts on him?
1: He, uh, I think that maybe he was the most like well-established new character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was kind of he was kind of fun. He was a fun foil uh, against Angel. I think he was maybe the one character that I thought they kind of put a lot of thought into who he was going to be up against and kind of his skill set. Sure. So they they gave him the same skills as skin same skills and powers mm-hmm. as uh, Angel, but then kind of made him stronger in the areas that Angel was weaker, so he had to kind of adapt to that, which was kind of fun.
0: Okay, good point, yeah, good point. You yeah. know, a lot of people complain, even Chris Claremont has said that um, the problem he had with Angel was that he couldn't really do much other than fly, but I think, I mean, come on, that, that shows a lack of creativity. I'm sure there's a lot of, like, like take someone who has no powers, like say, um, I don't know, like Batman. I mean, and then right. add wings to him. I mean, to me, it's like Angel could just learn to be a really good hand-to-hand combatant, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, why couldn't he? I don't right. Know. Anyway, I don't see any reason to uh, criticize Angel because I love the guy. But anyway, right. Uh, okay, so let's talk about some of these other ones here. We got who else? We got here. We got Blitzkrieg, the German superhero. He didn't really do much, did he?
1: <laughs> no, not really. Cool uh, he, name. He fought the thing. No, 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 he didn't. Not it wasn't Blitzkrieg, was it? That was a uh, that was somebody else who fought the thing
0: yeah I can't I, maybe I can't remember who he fights but I mean he's got a yeah. o- okay costume it's not bad I mean a cool name yeah um yeah not much to say about him he didn't really do much we might get to him later okay then we have this I gotta say this one's interesting what do you think of the collective man
1: the collective man was kind of a, kind of a, a new interesting concept I thought it was kind of fun but I mean they didn't really show him off a whole lot but mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that that was kind of a cool idea, for yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, he kind of uses the powers of all the people in China, right? Kind of.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he's able to like use the power of of the nation behind him. Mm-hmm. So it's like one man with the power of an entire nation behind him, which is kind of a cool, yeah, cool idea. Yeah,
0: it's a reflection on the. I mean, I'm no expert on um, Chinese culture, but a, a reflection mm-hmm. on, of a different type of mentality that uh, Chinese people might have from Western right. people. Um, then we have, let's see here, then we have Defensor from, what's he, where's he from again? Um, oh, Argentina. Didn't really do mm-hmm. much, but he did. does have a cool costume. Yeah, know, he's a cool costume. Is, yeah. yeah. Not really much to him, I guess. Oh, yeah, he's, he's the one that had like the... He uh, kind of
1: has a cool shield.
0: Right, and he's the one that um, She-Hulk got all pouty about because he had the. Uh, she called it. Um, what did she call it? South American machismo.
1: Oh, right. south of the border
0: machismo. <laughs> right, right, right. Because he, uh, yeah, that was kind of funny. We'll get to that later. Like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, interesting. Okay, now what about? Okay, so the, now we've got two. These ones are interesting to me. We have we have Sabra from Israel, and
1: mm-hmm. then we
0: have the Arabian Knight from
1: Saudi Arabia. Is Sabra a new character? I, for some reason, I thought I remember Sabra from another.
0: Okay, let me just look her up comic. quick. Yeah. Uh, you're, maybe, right. Maybe you're right. Not. She is from maybe not. Maybe not. But oh, okay. Yep, she's from. Um,
1: she's from I think Incredible Hulk. I remember Hulk. her with fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay, but I just want to talk about those two characters because they do sort of have their own scene, to, a couple scenes together. I mean, it's I, I'm definitely all for comics dealing with politics, but did you think they handled it well? The fact that one was from Israel and one was from Saudi Arabia.
1: Yeah, so that was kind of interesting because they did have them go on the same mission. Right. Uh, so it was it was kind of a interesting uh, idea to do. I also thought that they were possibly going to do that with uh, Shamrock and right.
0: Captain oh, and Britain. Captain thought, Britain. Yep. Yep.
1: Yeah, I thought that maybe they're but they never ended up doing that, but they did with with um uh Sabra. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it was um it's hard to say cuz they I don't think that they treated it poorly, but I also didn't think that it was by any means like groundbreaking or like like something that's interesting enough to talk about.
0: No, because they <laughs> on this show. Yeah. No, because um, yeah. No, because they, it's like, yeah, it's almost like I admire them for, for addressing it, but they didn't really do anything with it.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, well, anyway, yeah. So,
1: yeah, it, so yeah, I don't think it, I definitely don't think that it hurt in any way, but it was just kind of a, I guess it was more, more just kind of like an interesting little thing, little Easter egg almost that they added in to kind of nod to the fact that, um, you know, their countries, you know, are at war constantly.
0: Right, right, right. So we've only so, got a couple more uh, heroes introducing the story. We've got we've mentioned mm-hmm. Shamrock. Um, there's only... Oh, there's only one more, and that's Talisman. This guy's interesting. Right. He was the uh, Australian Aborigine. I thought that was pretty cool because I thought that Gateway from X-Men was the first Aborigine superhero. Or Aboriginal superhero. Oh, but this okay. is, this guy, I guess, was first. Yeah, so... I mean, again... I I love the fact that they incorporate their culture into it with the whole Dreamtime thing. I thought that was really cool. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's almost like...
1: Sorry, go ahead. Is this Talisman tied in with the other Talisman in the MC? Ah, from
0: Alpha Flight. Right. Ah. No, no, he's not. You know what? I'm going to look up Alpha Flight right now. No, because we talked about Talisman last time, and I'm going to double check to make sure we got him right. What in tarnation? Middle row my- shaman.
1: He's Oh. Yeah,
0: we okay. were calling him Talisman. Oh no, you know what? He he was Talisman. He was Talisman. He um let's see here. Uh, I don't know at what point he changed his name, but yeah, he was Talisman. So you are correct. Interesting. Okay, okay so he must have changed his name at some point. Probably before okay. this, and became shaman or shaman, and uh, so yeah, I guess there's no connection.
1: Okay, interesting. Okay, yeah, I was a little confused by that because I, I, I was like, this is not the same character. No, this has got to be a new character. Okay,
0: but yeah, cool idea. And again, I think there's a lot they could have, um, a, a lot of potential they could have got out of these characters, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. For the most part, they didn't really go back to any of them, did they? As far as right, I know, no.
1: and, and I, I don't even think in the future they really do anything with these characters
0: no not really
1: which which could have been a fun idea just like how um, Quasar was kind of a you know background small character to start with and then grew into his own and Absolutely. had his own comic and you know started appearing more often I think that they could have done this with these characters because some of them I thought uh, some more than others were, were kind of strong introductions mm-hmm so, yeah, yeah,
0: well, what are you going to do? Yeah, I agree. Um, so the first issue is basically set up. And then jumping into the second issue, it basically becomes, you know, like we said, kind of like almost like a res- – not a wrestling match. But it's basically just they're split up into
1: groups of three. It's kind more of- like a capture the flag kind of thing. Okay,
0: good point. Yeah, not a wrestling match. Yeah. Capture the flag, yeah. Um, and we kind of get to see some – you know, like their characters are certainly different, you know, Invisible Woman's different from Iron Fist mm-hmm. and Sunfire is arrogant and temperamental. So that's cool to see how they all kind right. of play off each other. Um, there isn't much in the way of twists. It's more just like, let's see how each of these characters are going to, mm-hmm. you know, are they going to work together? Are they going to fight against each other? We get a little fight scene with uh, Daredevil and Iron Fist, which was kind of cool.
1: Which is fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I think that was one of the standout parts for me. Because, that's kind of what I was like looking for, especially sure. for like a Marvel's first crossover. I was like some like pairing up some of the the strong Marvel characters or the characters that are kind of similar and, and putting them head to head, see how they would you know fare against each other. And Daredevil and Iron Fist, I think, is a really good pairing to kind of put together and have them face off against each other and see who comes out at the end.
0: It's also funny because it kind of shows how Daredevil was developing around this point because um, Mm -hmm. at one point Iron Fist says, or he bows and he says, shall we begin? And then Daredevil says, he can't really be bowing to me, can he? But (laughs) it's kind of a retcon, but Frank Miller established that Daredevil was trained by stick. I mean, he had all kinds of involvement with the hand. So I'm sure he's familiar with martial arts. So I don't know, just kind of a, I think just a little bit of a continuity
1: Blunder right.
0: on Marvel's part. Yeah, I
1: didn't even think about that to be honest. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, because I yeah. mean, Daredevil that that all came that all came around this time, so they were they were kind of mm-hmm. still writing Daredevil as sort of the old Daredevil. You know what I mean? Right. So, but yeah, and then you know we also have we have another um, contest between uh, She Hulk, um, uh, what's his name, uh, the Argentinian guy, Captain Britain. Not quite mm-hmm. as remarkable a scene, but you know, pretty cool. Um, yeah. So. Not I usually have like notes, sort of like talking about scenes and dialogue, but there's not really much. It's it's mostly just sort of back and forth, right? Yeah,
1: I, I also don't really have too many notes <laughs> yeah. about like specific things. Um, it's mostly just kind of um, ge- like generic things that happen. Like nothing really stood out a whole lot as something that was like, oh, we need to talk about this, or oh, you know. This panel in particular was really great. Like it was it was I think pretty, you know generic the like through and through.
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Which, which is
1: which which normally I wouldn't mind a whole lot, but it's the first crossover, which again kind of goes back to me being a little disappointed. And I think again, part of that has to do with me having like ties to it, like really loving it as a as a kid. Sure. So
0: yeah, I mean, now I guess well, we can we, we can get to the summary at the end, but um basically in the in the third and final issue, I think mm-hmm. there, there's something interesting is revealed here and it kind of um it's, it's cool. Wolverine sa- or sorry, the thing says to Wolverine, "swell, as for you shorty, you're one of those new X-Men, ain't ya?" Yeah. So, at this point, this is 9 years after Wolverine is introduced. This is about Seven years Mm -hmm. after Wolverine had joined the X-Men. The X-Men, at this point, was probably Marvel's best-selling title, and yet... The thing had never met him. That right. could you imagine in two thousand nineteen a character being introduced <sighs> and in seven years not meeting like like it's just outrageous because these things right. are so commonplace nowadays
1: or or at least like the the characters not knowing who they are right right or yeah. or like you know having a little bit more I mean he I guess he did did kind of know who he was but mm-hmm. like I don't know yeah he it, it was really kind of weird to to see that to like have two major characters. In, in comics never meet. Right. That's it. Yeah, it's pretty interesting.
0: And, and it just goes back to, um, you know, the novelty of this type of thing. Unfortunately, when they do it every single year, there's just no... It's not special anymore, right? Right. So, unfortunately, yeah. So, then, so uh, you know, kind of the more of the same in the third issue. Everyone teaming up. Um, you know, not really much to it. The, the only thing that really stood out to me was that... um Black Panther and Wolverine get into a fight and Black Panther is shocked that it seems like Wolverine is ready to kill him. Right. Which is kind of cool and, because, uh, yeah.
1: Sorry, go ahead. And I was going to say, he also... Something that kind of stood out to me and I'm sure it's because his name is Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, he calls him Blackie. But, but Wolverine calls Black Panther Blackie and I was so shocked and caught off guard. Yes. And, and again, like... Maybe it's not because he's black, and maybe it's because he's the Black Panther. I think that's so he, what it was. It was just like a short short form of his...
0: His superhero name. You know, name.
1: title, his superhero yeah, name. Yeah. But it, it yeah, I definitely... Especially since he also calls him Kitty Cat or something like that. Okay. So like in between panels, he calls him Blackie, and then he calls him, come on, cat, show me what you got, and then he calls him Blackie again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I was like, I, it just kind of, like, rub me the wrong way a little bit, Sure, yeah. I'd say, but
0: Yeah, that yeah. reminds me of my ex-girlfriend used to call me Gook, and I'm not even joking, she did <laughs> Really? Yeah, I was like you realize what that means, right? But anyway uh, Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Uh, I guess this comic isn't woke, right? Right, but it's not even it's not woke. It's like hundred and twenty years not woke. It's like really yeah. blind, you know. But anyway, yeah. uh, okay. So we get into our final chapter here, uh, where we we get we get to some cool scenes where we uh, we meet the collective man and sham—not meet, but we, we we see the collective man and shamrock, and it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, you know, it's kind it's cool to see them all interacting again. A um, uh, consistently, you know, the art still good, everything's still good. It's just that, yep. I mean, the only thing of note that I thought was cool is that Captain America ends up losing. I thought that was cool.
1: Yeah. Was and, of- and and I was surprised how much I um, enjoyed Shamrock as well. Okay. Yeah, because she, she was kind of a fun. I mean, she's similar to Domino, correct?
0: Yeah, you they could say the that. They have the same
1: powers. It's like, yeah. I guess Domino's more like luck altering. Okay. Where I guess she's more lucky. I'm not sure, but... You know... Yeah, that was... uh, Yeah, it was kind of fun to have her face off against Captain America and she got lucky because her costume is green and they're fighting in the forest so Cap couldn't see her and right. then she also gets lucky again when she's falling and she she ends up falling safely from like a far distance and then again gets lucky that she was she just so happened to be cl- a little bit closer than Captain America and swipes the uh, the gold piece from him
0: right just lucky I guess so, now, yeah. I, now you know I gotta say um I don't wanna get into like this metaphysical debate but not only do I not really be- I don't believe in luck, I don't believe in fate, but how right. in the heck do luck powers work? I don't Yeah. Like long shots lucky, um like you said Domino's lucky.
1: Mhm.
0: I don't really understand how that works. I don't know what it means, but
1: Yeah, it's so weird. I think that they kind like they kind of show that a little bit in uh Deadpool 2 okay. with Domino that they kind of yeah. showed that well because you kind of see that it's almost like um, it's almost like the universe is on her side Right. And you see things should bad things should be happening to her but they just happen like just so happen to be in her favor like something will go to fall on her and last second it'll kind of like bounce away and right. not or
0: yeah they did it they definitely explained it a little bit better in Deadpool 2 that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah
1: and I guess that's kind of the, the beauty of of movies and focusing on characters for a little bit longer than mm-hmm. a comic would absolutely especially like a side character like shamrock or domino but right
0: yeah <sighs> it's
1: uh, interesting for so, sure yes yeah, so, shamrock character
0: yeah um, and now no I want to talk briefly do you think that these new international superheroes are a little bit too on the nose as far as stereotypes because we yeah. have l- an Irish character that's lucky we have um um what were some of the other ones that were sort of stereo oh the collective man? I mean, were they a little bit too on the nose, do you think?
1: I mean, I, I think a little bit they were a little on the nose. But I guess you can also kind of make an argument that some of the uh character like the America like Captain America is kind of stereotypical of American culture as well. Sure, right. I mean, even Alpha Flight Having like Sasquatch, that's and a like good big like a Bigfoot character. So, good point. In a sense, it does kind of seem like it is like too much of a stereotype. But also, around this time, I feel like all of the characters that represented certain countries were a little bit of a stereotype of of the time.
0: That's a good point. I mean, even Wolverine. I mean, Wolverine's mm-hmm. a Canadian animal, sort of. But it's not like they made him a, you know like bleed you know maple syrup or anything. But right, but yeah, <laughs> right. that's um, true. Yeah, yeah. He, but um, yeah. So it it is tricky, right? It is tricky whenever mm-hmm. you're uh, creating characters from other cultures because right. you, you don't you want to represent the culture but not be stereotypical. But yeah, these characters yeah. are pretty cool though. I like to see yeah other stories I think, with them for sure. I think
1: Peregrine, I think, was pretty good. Okay, to not be too much of a stereotype. Like he he had the French accent and everything, but like mm-hmm. I didn't think that his powers really had anything to do with France. Really, yeah. Like, yeah, they true. didn't. They didn't make him like a frog. Yeah, yeah, character. true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like that could have been pretty, pretty bad. But I mean, I think I think Wolverine calls him frog at one point. But, of course. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's I don't know. I, I definitely see where somebody would come from if they do think it's a lot like too big of a stereotype. But it, mm-hmm. I guess, it just didn't stick out too too much for me, mm-hmm. mixed in with all of the other heroes. But.
0: So, then we come to the end of our story. Not mm-hmm. much of one. Basically, to summarize, the Collector and the mysterious figure, which is which is revealed to be death. They had a bet going. Mm-hmm. And basically, if Collector won, he would get his uh, brother resurrected. If Collector lost... Wait, is it Collector? No, no. so Grandmaster. Uh,
1: he, the Grandmaster, you're right. So, he, if he won and he had the majority of the quarters of this you know, resurrection sphere, he would have the resurrection sphere that he could use to bring back... The collector right and um the little twist that happens is um you, it's revealed that lady death is the one playing the game with him and she did not reveal that to bring back somebody from the dead it would you know have a cost of right. somebody who is equal to that person mm-hmm. that would be returning so he would have to sacrifice himself um, in order to bring back his brother so using a, the orb, so
0: so there's a little bit of a twist. It's not all yeah. all is not lost, but there's a little bit going mm-hmm. on here. It's kind of a cool, you know, it's kind of a cool ending. But the thing I find though is that in this issue and in all the issues, the stories kind of just end. It's almost like there's a run out of space. Yeah. There's no real climax. There's no real big ending, right? Yeah. It's like if I didn't read the the words end in the last panel, I would never look at that page and know that the story is over. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, overall, this story, I mean, definitely historical significance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's definitely cool to see the status quo of all the different uh, heroes. It's its cool yeah. to see them all in their element, but not definitely not a great story. We both agree on that, right?
1: Yeah, I agree. For sure.
0: So, giving this a rating out of 10, for example, I would maybe say it's... Ooh, I would say it's a 5, but for historical yeah. significance, it's like a 7, we'll say.
1: That, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think I would put it around a 6 because, like, I think putting it, like, b- because of the fact that it's, like, the first crossover event that f- for Marvel, mm-hmm. I'd put it as at a 6, but if it wasn't, I'd say it's pretty average on all parts. I, I wouldn't say that it's bad in any sense, but no, it's not great or amazing.
0: Not at all. And it's funny because there was three issues and we've, you know, barely hit the 30 minute mark. So it kind of just shows how insubstantial the story is. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So,
1: And I mean, I'm sure we can go in and like kind of nitpick and talk about panels and specific things. But I think it's also just kind of so bland that it's not even super important to talk about
0: no no not really i mean the only thing i can say is i think it's on page three or wait page three where are we here i'm just gonna that one Uh, which one uh sorry in the first issue that first panel on 13 which is digital 14 where you see all the superheroes that is pretty freaking cool in fact i think i'm going to use that as like my facebook you know banner now or something like what a cool shot eh
1: i i really love the cover as well Of the first issue. Okay, of all
0: the faces? Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, it's fun.
0: Yeah, it's pretty exciting seeing them Mm. all together. I mean, like, as a kid, the first time I saw that was uh, DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths when they're all, all the heroes are gathered together and, oh, what a cool
1: shot, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But
0: again, they do this every six months in Marvel now, so it's not really as big a deal, right? Yeah,
1: it doesn't seem like, you know, that big of an event compared to all the ones they do today, for sure. No. No, Yeah. So, so I, I guess I got a question for you. Then. Sure. If there's if there's like one thing that you would add or change about this arc, what would you do to make it better in your eyes?
0: Good question. Um, having thought about it for about 13 seconds, I would say <laughs> that what I would do is I would give a plot like a plot twist where maybe you know. It, maybe some of the villains have a secret plan and they team up or they do they double cross or they double cross okay. the uh the grandmaster just something because basically once the story starts and they and they give you the stakes and they give you the premise nothing really unexpected happens other right? than yeah. revealing who death that, is so yeah that's my suggestion
1: that could be fun too to introduce villains as other champions too Right, right. Well, you know, if if it's really going to be out this like all-out war to see whose team is going to win, why not bring some of these strong villains into to kind of fight alongside? That could be,
0: yeah. Fun. Or or even like for example, the fact that the X Men are outlaws, like sort mm. of they they can maybe the X Men are a little bit uh, on the outside and they don't really trust everybody else or something like right. that, right? Like, yeah, just something. give it a little bit, make them a little bit less generic. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: um, I, I think even maybe like cutting back and giving some of the characters that are stuck in this arena something to mm-hmm. do because they, they bring. So they freeze all of Earth.
0: That's and true. It's, it's yeah, like I forgot they, they that. freeze
1: time, but they still bring every single hero to this like floating mm-hmm. stadium. Yes. And then just leave them there. So it's it's these like heroes that are just standing around like waiting for all their other friends. Maybe like there's there's a there's a dozen, right? Or there's 24, I guess, right? Cuz they each choose 12.
0: Right, right, yeah. So out
1: of these hundreds and hundreds of heroes, only 24 of them are chosen to go back to Earth and fight, and the rest of them are just standing there. There's Spider-Man, there's uh-huh. Hulk, there's most of the X-Men and Fantastic Four. They're mm-hmm. all just standing there waiting to see what happens. It's also pretty surprising so, that
0: they, they didn't use Spider-Man and Hulk and these other bigger characters, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: It yeah, is kind of weird. Like,
0: yeah, like maybe they could have done something or had some plan or done something. I don't know.
1: Yeah, like maybe maybe something... Like maybe they try to... You know, stop the Grandmaster and Lady Death, or maybe that's how Lady Death's identity is revealed. They're trying to figure out who this is uh, so they can stop her and then bring them back and restore Earth to the way it was. But, like, it's just, it's also so weird that they're just standing there, like, oh, well, I guess, I guess Earth's frozen forever. I guess we'll just (laughs) wait here and see what happens. Right. Hopefully, uh, Cap and the gang will, will, you know, fix things. But uh, in the meantime, we'll just kind of stand around. Yeah,
0: yeah, good point. I have to agree. Um, mm-hmm. I can also say one other thing. I It's also funny because they do point out that this is my honest, like here. So <laughs> um, at the beginning of the story on page, digital page four, the Grand Master is mm-hmm. talking to death and he says, we are agreed then that Earth, having the greatest concentration of super champions in this star sector, shall provide us with our pawns. And right. then they continue talking. Can anyone tell me what a super champion is? Like it's kind of an, obviously an in-story way yeah. to reference what a superhero is, but it kind of always made me think. Okay, let's just assume for the sake of argument that Hawkeye was in this story, even though he isn't. Well, Hawkeye right. is a is a uh, what is it called? An archer. Well. Right. Hawkeye's in the Avengers and he is an archer, but what if there was another archer who happened to be a better archer? Would he be in on this adventure, right? Right. It's kind of just a way of... It's not like there's a specific thing that separates them all from the rest of humanity other than the fact that they all wear spandex, right?
1: Yeah, that's, that's very true.
0: So that's always been... Like, I love superheroes, but that's probably always been the most absurd thing about... Like, for, like how do you define... Like like for example like they'll always like in all these stories like Infinity Gauntlet you know they'll get it's like we're gonna gather everybody together or, or it's even like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths we're gonna gather all the quote superheroes together but then why is like Batman and Robin there they can't do anything like right. what what is their role and the overall scheme of like you know traveling back in time or yeah, going to the planet or something yeah so I mean obviously we know it's just because those are the popular characters but still mm-hmm. it's kind of funny
1: yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. It, it does seem weird to – it is kind of like, oh, these are here, These are the characters in the story, so we've got to bring them in. Right, right. So it, it, you are kind of like – I guess the writers are kind of tied in that aspect, aspect, but like not writing a reason why these characters were brought is kind of strange.
0: Right. So yeah. compared, now have you read other big superhero crossovers like this, like later ones?
1: Yeah, I've read um, some of Infinity War, Infinity Gauntlet, and stuff like that. I've read a little bit of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, A little bit? You haven't read the whole thing? Actually, I don't think I've actually read the whole thing.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I smell a podcast coming on. All
1: right. Um, (laughs) Yeah.
0: So what is your favorite superhero crossover big event series of all time?
1: That is tricky. I don't... I, I really like... Um, I really like the uh, the Spider-Man crossover the um, I don't know if it's called Spider-Verse in the comics I can't remember okay the um.
0: well what about something like that features not just a Spider-Man crossover but I'm talking about like everybody like virtually every single superhero in a company like like the way the oh, okay. crisis does or secret wars, like what's your favorite out of those ones?
1: Oh, secret Wars is a lot of fun for sure. Um, I had a lot of fun with the first Civil War as well. okay. I thought that, that one was a lot of fun um, I think I think Civil War did a really good job of being true to a lot of the heroes too. okay the, the first one. yeah um, so I, I, I really had a lot of fun. I honestly haven't read a lot of DC. So to call them, it's okay, it's okay. it's hard to kind of pick a favorite DC um, big crossover, but yeah, there's there's a few Marvel ones like Civil War. Uh, I think is is up there for me. Civil
0: War is really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I wasn't so satisfied with the ending, but overall it was really well yeah, written. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But um, I got I think all time my favorite is still Crisis on Infinite Earths. I think they yeah. did everything right because the key with that series um is they found a way to incorporate almost every corner of the dc universe into the story so you know if they had to if they had to go to another dimension they would get the flash to pull out the cosmic treadmill and then if they had to go if they had to go over here maybe it was like only green lantern can do that i mean that 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 example doesn't actually happen. I'm just saying that they found a way to make every hero's mythology contribute to the story. I thought it was really mm-hmm. well done. Um, and then I think an underrated um, event uh, series was Final Crisis, which a lot of people hated, but um, it's it's uh, Grant Morrison's big DC event series. A lot of people hated it, but I find with each additional reread, it gets better and better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are my recommendations. So overall... Uh, Marvel Superheroes Contest of Champions, not a great comic, but right. definitely historical significance to this thing. So it is recommended you read it, but you won't get a great story out of it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I agree, and it, you know it kind of makes me interested to read the second one because I don't think it has any ties to this one at all. Okay, even though it's called Contest of Champions Two.
0: Yeah, they did that a lot.
1: Yeah, it, it like I don't the, think it has any ties, but like I, I'm interested to see what they would do with the second one to see if they would kind of fix some of the problems they had with the first. Sure. Because this this kind of seems like almost like an accident that this happened.
0: Absolutely. Um, yep.
1: With with everything that happened with the Olympics and and delaying two years to, I'm sure redraw and rewrite some of the art. Like if. It, unless this was exactly the story that they were going to put out with the Olympics, but it, it, uh, to me it wouldn't make sense that, like, how the, how would this tie in with the Olympics really? So yeah, I assume you're... those two years in between it being supposed to be released and and it actually coming out, it, there was probably some you know rewriting and some new panels and, and pages put in. Sure, sure,
0: absolutely. Yeah, you're probably right. So, <sighs> it, yeah. So. I think that's pretty much it. That brings us to the end of our review of Contest of Champions 1 to 3. Mm -hmm. Um, On next next week's episode it's going to be I'm going to have two guests with me again uh, Jolie and Becca and we're going to be reviewing Dazzler number 21 and then um, we've got a couple more after that we are nearing the end of our Quasar Quinology. There's only going to be 15 episodes, and if everyone loves it, then maybe we'll do more, because as everyone knows, because he's your favorite superhero too, Quasar (laughs) did end up getting his monthly series in, I believe, 1990, so maybe we'll cover those as well. But again, we gotta get those likes, we gotta get those shares, right? We gotta get those subscriptions, so please uh, share this video and let us know what you think. Let us know what you think of our reviews. Let us know what you think of the comics themselves. Uh, and beyond that, yeah, that's it. Keep reading comics, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. You've uh, you've definitely made me interested more interested in Quasar than I was before. Which so was no, think, which
0: was not at all.
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. Which honestly, like, I had known of him, okay. and I had, like read stuff that he was in, but I didn't really necessarily had you know have too much of, a, of an opinion on him. Sure. So now that I know a little bit more, I'm definitely intrigued to see. Uh, what he's like as a standalone character. And I am i think that whether we continue uh, doing a Quasar podcast or not, I'm going to go and read those Quasar comics. Excellent.
0: That's yeah. good to know because doing this podcast has really got me excited about even Marvel 2-in-1. I decided yeah. the other day, I'm going to read every Marvel 2-in-1 and I'm absolutely going to start with the Mark Grunwald run because those issues are all really well done. So I'm going to read all those for sure and then go from That's there. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so that was it. Thank you again for uh, joining us for Quasar Quinology, and we'll see you next week.